Hello there, and welcome to Code Talk, the podcast where we discuss building code and its impact on residents and business owners right here in Fairfax County. You know, the number one priority for any construction company should be job site safety. Preventative measures are put in place to help lower the risk of an injury or fatality and increase the level of safety during construction. And here to talk with us about job site safety is Tara Henderson. She's the Safety Program Manager of Land Development Services. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure to have you on the podcast and talk safety, which should be a priority number one for everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> so when we say uh, kind of broadly this this general conversation we're going to have about job site safety, protecting employees, keeping construction sites safe, um, kind of what's what's a what's a main takeaway? What's a what's a broad kind of uh, a theme that you want to kind of leave us with if you will? The main thing we want to think about is making sure people get home the way they got to work. Hmm. So we definitely want to make sure that um, we want to be proactive rather than reactive. We want to take hmm. a look at um, ways we can be preventative okay. and, and not react to after we see something, say something um, sort of thing. Of course, right. we want to do that right. as well. But um, I, I think one of the things is there's so much information out there to where we can try to control those hazards and, and take a look at it at the front end before the construction process even starts mm. in some cases. Um, those are the, some of the things right. I think we should we should kind of hone right. in on today sure. to, to, to try to protect employees sure. that's on the job sites. And um, for folks to think about it, how, how we shouldn't think about safety as being something totally separate. It should be part of what we do. So right. if you have a process or production per se, in construction, it's not about having, oh, well, there's a safety program over here, and but this is what we do. It's like, well, it's like, how do we get safe production? That's a good point. That's yeah, so it's point. like it's integrating it, not thinking about being something to stand alone. And, well, and, and, and a menace, menace yeah, is sometimes, yeah. you know, we think about slowing down, but if we think about right. it ahead of time, it's not going to slow down our work. Something that we sh- maybe, and I know this is not going to come out the right way, shouldn't have to think about. But yet safety is something we should think about and be safe, but it's not something we should go, you know, and <laughs> does that make sense yes, what I'm saying perfect, that? perfect, perfect sense. It should just be something, it's it's integrated, um, you kind of get used to it, like how we, we're used to wearing seatbelts now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of one of those things, it's, it's not an afterthought. Right. It's really part of what we do, right. and um, it's... If if you haven't done that before, it's one of those things where, like like I was saying, it's some some folks might think that oh boy, this is this is taking up so much more time right, and money this, and that sort yeah. of thing. But if you think about it at the front end before mm-hmm. you start the process, mm-hmm. um, you could have the equipment there. It's not going to take more time. Right. And if you think about something in in the worst case scenario of of a major injury or fatality it's going to shut everything down. Mm. Um, so you're going to have, of course, the the catastrophic aspect of it, right. of, of something bad happening to someone and, and life-altering for them um, and for the coworkers and the, for, for the folks on the site. Right. But it's it's one of those things. It's it's and also going to slow. It's also going to slow the production down as just well. Just kind of so, ripples out and affects yes, everybody yes, and everything. Yes, there's direct yeah. and indirect costs yeah, yeah. with that. Are there uh, general ways to protect employees, uh, say, for instance, on a construction site? Um, so, yeah, so some of the general ways. Um, we often think about um, construction safety um, as 
just wearing a hard hat. Right. Often you, you, you ask, well, what and, safety What safety mean and you? And you're still toe shoes. Wearing boots. a hard hat. <laughs> yeah. So um, while PPE is one part of a safety program. Um, and, P- and PPE. PPE, explain. personal protective equipment. Okay. okay. Um, yes, we're full of acronyms right. here. So um, there is what we call in the safety world the hierarchy of controls. And um, that means there's sometimes better ways to control hazards than just PPE. And I'm going to list them um, from most effective to least effective. Okay. The, the first is eliminate. This is actually physically removing the hazard. Mm. And as I mentioned, this, this can also be done in the design phase of projects. So, you know, when you're engineering and, and looking at how something's going to be, it's like, well, how can we actually physically remove this hazard? Mm. Um, and I, I'm going to use an example at the end just to, to give you uh, a little bit of information okay. about okay. that. Um, the second is substitution. So this is replacing the hazard. So there's um, a good example of this would be uh, chemical use. There's a lot of chemicals out there we see in the shelves. You go to um, you know to stores and you see a lot of natural-based chemicals and things like that now that aren't as toxic. So there's a lot of things out there now that um, can be used and get the same result as something more hazardous. So that's mm, a, a okay, good example right, of substitution. Right. Okay. The third would be engineering. This is isolating people from the hazard. Um, if you ever see a canopy from where people were walking, like um, sometimes you work, walk in cities um, and, and you see canopies on sidewalks when oh, there's yeah, construction right, right, going right. on, that is an engineering control. You're actually isolating yeah. people from a hazard. Right. Um, the fourth would be administrative controls. And this is, the cha- this is, this is changing the way um, people would actually – this is changing the way people do processes and that sort of thing. So it could actually be hmm. um, okay. – Right. Like inspections of equipment. So, gotcha. Um, and then PPE is the last resort. Wow. Yeah. So if if you would ask me the reason why, it's because there's why. The, yes, the hazard <laughs> the hazard is still there, um, and workers are still exposed to those hazards. Um, there's also the human element. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So there's a human element where um, the equipment might not be used. And you think it's like, well, why wouldn't it be used? Um, it could be because someone doesn't recognize the hazard. Hmm. Um, their coworkers aren't using it, so they think, well, they're not using it, so why should I? Um, or, or sometimes even lack of availability. Mm. Um, or sometimes it's not used properly, which can be because not people aren't trained on how to right. use it. Um, it could be damaged. So the thing with construction, we can't totally eliminate all the hazards. Right. So, so there's inherent risks in construction, and we know, we know that some PPE right. is going to be necessary. Right. Just do what we can to yes. try to minimize or exactly. Or, yeah. So a good example putting that into place. Um, have you ever heard an older generator like a gas power generator mm. and it's really loud? Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever wear earplugs when you're around it? No. No. And most people <laughs> would say no. And why is that? Um, I don't have them. Never. I mean, don't, never thought about right. it. You know. Exactly. And most people don't think about it, and especially when it's with with like hearing damage. Um, yeah. It does, it's not usually painful. Right. Um, so it's the decibel rating is so high for something like that, we often don't think about it. Um, so what would be effective? PPE, earmuffs, earplugs, they would mm-hmm. be effective. Mm-hmm. But you can also see it's like that's the last resort, right? Mm-hmm. But if someone would inspect the generator on a regular basis and do maintenance on it, it might not be as loud if right. they do it as the, the, the right. regular maintenance on it. Right. So that is an administrative control. 
So next level, if we place a barrier around the generator and it was moved further away, that's an engineering control. But if we purchase a new generator, I've been seeing commercials for them where that you had these lower noise generators, the other controls might not be necessary. So that's substitution. Um, but you know what? I want to see your example for elimination. Elimination? <laughs> if we have another power source. <laughs> okay. If you don't, right. if you can actually plug into something else, you right. wouldn't actually have to have a generator. Right. So that's kind of it, and it's okay. a very simple example. Um, but a very effective but example. A, but a very effective yeah. example, yeah. so where you can actually see how the process can work. Okay. And like I said, it's it's a system thinking to try to come up with it that way. How can we do things yeah. better? Yeah. Um, Not just the way we've always done it. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the inspector who is going to be going out to inspect a construction site. We kind of talked about the the workers on the site Mm -hmm. doing the job, but this inspector going out there, are there certain kind of protective equipment, safety things that the inspectors need to do? Of course, of course. Um, Anytime we're on an active construction site where there's actively work going on. Um, some of those risks out there, flying debris, mm. falling debris, mm-hmm. some things are, like I said, they're inherent risks. Um, so we want to make sure that they wear a hard hat to protect against that. Safety glasses, again, it's one of those things we don't often think about. Um, but sometimes one of those things is like an eye injury. Yeah could happen very easily if something oh, yeah. blows into the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to think about not just is the hazard there, but is the potential there. So we want to make sure that they're wearing safety glasses as well. Um, safety toe boots, you mentioned. Um, so we want to make sure that they wear boots because that's going to provide protection for the toes, the ankles, slip protection. Mm, um, some of them out. even have electrical hazard protection. Oh. So um, there's different ratings on different different styles of boots. So you know, okay. depending on the depending on the uh, the hazard, we want to make sure that they're wearing those as well. Um, also, high visibility reflective vest. And mm. again, it's one of those things we we might not be in traffic work zones. But if we're around a lot of heavy equipment, we want to make sure we're more visible. I want to make sure I can be seen. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and then the last one, yeah. hearing protection. <laughs> we want to make sure we have it. Right. Um, and a general rule of thumb, if, if we're about three feet apart right here, so it's a good example. But one of those things right there, if we're this close to each other, like within a couple feet of each other, and having to raise our voices to hear each other, and sometimes you can't stop the work right. or, and can't leave. That's a good indicator of, I probably need to have some earplugs in. Good common sense solution right there. Yes. Interesting, though, is we were talking about this and talking about safety inspections or, you know, inspectors out there. The, the county has safety uh, in, inspectors on job sites? Not exactly. Okay. Um, so we have... We have inspectors out there that are specifically out there to look at building codes and site-related codes, okay. um, codes and standards to protect against other things um, with, with building safety. Okay. Um, but they all take part in safety training. Um, we do that on day one uh, in our safety orientation. Um, so they are getting regular safety training. Many of them have taken part in the OSHA 10-hour class that, that I, I put on, and um, we talk about all kinds of different hazards, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the big hazards out on construction. So they're aware of construction hazards. So if they see something hazardous, especially like an imminent danger situation, mm-hmm. they're typically going to have that conversation with the contractor and point out those hazards to them um, and try to help prevent 
something right. from happening right. to, to the contractor employees. Sure. So not specifically, but the conversation could still happen because of the awareness. Because Got that set of eyeballs out there. Especially because we all get a little bit of tunnel vision when we're doing our own work, and we may, we may not realize we're putting ourselves at risk. Right. So it's sometimes having that outside person come in and say, hey, did you realize that that was going on? Right. How about a, um, a passerby, bystander, resident, neighbor of the, the you know, the area that's, that's having some construction or work? If they see something, they say, eh, that doesn't really look safe to me. Um, is there somebody they should contact? I mean, what should they do? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I have done it in the past just because <laughs> that's, that's what, you that's do. what I do. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I've actually said something to an individual if, it was, if I was able to say something, especially mm. in a dangerous situation, but not everybody, you know, yeah, we're right. not going to traipse onto a construction right. site because you could put yourself at risk as right. well. But you could call Virginia OSHA or Federal OSHA. Mm. And um, we actually have here in, um, in the Northern Virginia region in Manassas, the, the local Virginia OSHA location is, mm. is right out there. So if there's an imminent danger situation where, you know, you have fall hazards, electrical hazards, something like that, or um, somebody in a trench, those sorts of things where mm -hmm. like, this does not look safe. Right. Um, you can make a phone call to them, describe what's going on, and um, mm -hmm. they, they'll have somebody to be they'll able to, to respond it, yeah. to right. and look into it. Okay. Mentioned OSHA. What, uh, occupational Safety yes. Health Administration, I yes, think? Yes, Occupational Safety okay. and Health Administration. Okay. What, what exactly is OSHA and what do they do? Just kind of broadly. And broadly. So... Um, there's we have the federal OSHA and we and here in Virginia we actually have a state run OSHA. Oh, okay. Um, so two two uh, two kind of two different two. one state one's federal okay. one state okay. not all states have their oh, own OSHA. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we have in Virginia some more strict oh. um, and more stringent standards, okay. but it, it helps federal OSHA out as well by having the local mm -hmm. OSHA here. Um, so they are specifically. Their agencies are specifically there to protect for employee safety. Hmm. So okay. for something that's a public safety issue, it's they don't address okay. that, but it's specifically right. for employee safety okay. on job sites All right. and any work site. We talked a little bit pre-show before we got into this, and there was something you mentioned that was focus four, and I, I, I put a note down here. I wanted to make sure I asked you about what, <laughs> what what are you talking about when we kind of talked about focus four? So OSHA focus four is, it's also known as the fatal four. Um, so that, that'll give you a clue right yeah, there. Perks so it's up a, your attention. It's, yeah, so it's a group of four hazard categories that are responsible for more than half of all fatalities in the construction industry. S say that again. It's a group of four hazard categories. Four hazard categories. Mm -hmm, that are responsible for more than half of all the fatalities that occur in the construction wow. industry. More than half, wow. Um, so that's the fall hazards, electrical, electrical hazards struck by and caught between. So I can give a little bit of rundown what each of those mean. Yeah, very, um, very quickly. Yes, yeah, so fall hazards. Falls, this is specifically falls from elevation. Okay. So OSHA would specifically um, have this in the construction industry at six feet or more. Um, so an interesting tidbit there is like just in a recent statistic shows 366 out of the 971 fatalities were related to falls from elevations. I'm not real good on math, but that sounds like a third. Yeah, that's about about a third. Wow. Um, so this can be falls from the edges of the buildings, from roofs, from scaffolds, so all kinds of different things wow. like that. So, you know, some ways they can protect against that could be um, using guardrails, harnesses and lanyards. Um, 
ensuring scaffolds are built according to the manufacturer's recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, electrical. Electrical hazards is kind of obvious where you can be exposed to electrical hazards mm-hmm. from electrical shock and electrocution. Um, this can be, we see it, call before you dig. So somebody right, digging an right. underground power line or hitting an underground power line or overhead power lines coming into contact or working directly with um, electric ele- mm-hmm. electricity, like mm-hmm. electricians. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using GFCIs and um, pre-planning for that using insulated tools or some prevention method- okay. methods. Okay. Um, struck by hazards. Um, this is where somebody could be struck by falling, flying, swinging objects, that sort of thing. So um, this can be from like nail guns, debris, that sort of thing. So mm. some prevention examples can be like using tow boards, hole covers, overhead canopies, like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Coordinating, coordinating work with others is where we talk about that pre-planning aspect. Right. So if you think about a nail gun, make sure there's nobody going to be there. Um, not walking behind heavy equipment, that's a huge thing. Um, oh, yeah. You know, getting getting the go-ahead signal, getting eye contact with an operator. Um, don't just walk behind. So we right. think about heavy equipment. We think about, about backup alarms. Pay attention to the backup alarms. We get complacent. Right. We get used to being on a job site. Right. Um, the other swing radius protection around cranes. Um, so mm. don't go into where you have that heavy equipment. Um, the last is caught between. And the caught between is where a worker can be crushed between an object and something else. Mm. Um, and the big one here we can think about that it's really prevalent is trench collapses. Yeah. yeah, so our inspectors report seeing unsafe trenching work at times, and this is an emphasis for us and for Vosch. Um, so they, it's an imminent danger. Vosch is the Virginia, Virginia OSHA. OSHA. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. Um, interesting to note about that, and a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't realize this, excavation work, trench work, is 112% higher than for construction and let me let me rephrase that. The fatality rate is 112 percent higher in trench work than it is in general constru- construction. Wow. So it is it can be very dangerous. Yeah. And we often, like I said, you hear people say, oh, "It's only going to take a minute." Well, right. it only takes a second for it to collapse. And a lot of people don't know a cubic yard of soil weighs as much as a car. Holy cow! Yeah. So it is <laughs> it. You, there's no getting out of the way. Right. Um, and if it gets on you, you can actually suffocate right. or blunt force trauma from, from dying wow. in it. So wow. um, some, some, some numbers to note just for preventative measures, um, five feet, four feet, two feet. Um, so five feet is a trigger depth where they have to have some sort of protective system. So that could be um, a trench box or shoring. Um, four feet is when they have to have a ladder for the workers to get in and out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, two feet is... The distance you want to have, the soils you take, it's called the spoil piles, the, the soil you take out of the trench, you don't want to have it on the edge. You want to have at least two feet because that can actually go back Makes into sense, yeah. Yeah, it can go back into the trench and collapse on the people inside or it can put weight on the side and cause There's a trench collapse. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So um, definitely a knowledgeable person, which, what we would call in the, in the um, safety world a competent right. person, it needs to be on site to be able to look for those signs of trench collapse and sure. make sure the protective systems are there ahead of time. Right. Um, okay. So that's that's the four biggest ones. And, you know, five out of the top ten OSHA violations last year were Focus 4 related. Right. Wow. And um, obviously with that being where most of the fatalities come from, right. it's definitely an emphasis that um, if we talk about pre-planning, um, sure. things things for contractors out right. there to think about that we often don't, like, you know, working okay. on ladders and that sort of sure. thing. Okay. 
only a couple more minutes, and I'm probably not going to be able to get to everything I wanted to ask you about. But I did. We talked a lot about heavy equipment and machinery and that kind of thing. But uh, f- the fleets. We're mm-hmm. talking about fleet. You know, trucks and and those kind of things. I mean, are, what do we need to know about handling fleet safety? Uh, so we have a, a pretty neat system where we are, as does a few other agencies in the county. Um, it's called the Drive Cam Program. So in, in just our own agency in LDS, we have 100 vehicles, just normal passenger vehicles. Um, and we have a program called Drive Cam. And we actually have cameras in the car. And what they do, it's, it's a proactive safety program. Hmm. So the camera will trigger with an abrupt movement, such as hard braking or collision. And it will actually capture a short 12-second video clip Hmm. Um, of the incident, so we'd be able to say, oh, what was going on there? Um, that will actually upload. It will go to the vendor. They'll review it to see if there was any risky behaviors that right. contributed to wow. contributed to this. So what it is, it's um, we also do it for speed. So um, excessive speeding, the camera will trigger as well. Oh, okay. So what it is, it's, it's actually looking at um, risky driving behaviors, but it gives the opportunity to be proactive mm-hmm. and have l- allow, the su- yes, yeah. allow the supervisor to have a conversation before a collision happens. Um, as mentioned, the camera has GPS, GPS capabilities, oh, so we'd okay. be able to, if we had concerns about um, an inspector's safety, we'd be able to say, we haven't been able to get hold of them. Let's see where they are. So we can actually try to locate them based on where the vehicle is. Oh, so, um and we all pick up small habits over the uh, right, over the years. Right, it could be risky, right. like following too close or rolling through a stop sign right. or something like that. So you're not talking to me, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, this program has allowed us to focus our efforts on our already safe drivers and making them even safer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very successful. We've had it for four years, and um, the coaching the coaching sessions, as we call them, they rarely happen anymore. So we have a nice. very safe fleet. Um, okay. of drivers and, um, you know, allows us to be defensive drivers. Right. And, um, you know, most of us didn't have drivers. Yet. You know, it's been years and years ago, right, you know, right. when we were teenagers. So um, there's little, yeah. there's little nuances sure. and things. It's like it's, it's made us all safer drivers. Okay. How, how long have you been, been doing this? I've been in the safety industry for um, over 20 years. Wow. Yeah, wow. I think it's been about 22 years. So I mean, you, sa- you sound so knowledgeable, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Have you, I mean, in your career, have you noticed big changes or things that have um, been happening? You know, yeah, that- so, so some of the things, um, definitely because it was in the 90s when I started doing this, hmm. um, we didn't have the Internet. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, okay. So, you know, preparing for safety meetings and, and referring to standards and that sort of thing, they're always in the book. Um, or, you know, there would be these vendors and things like that that you'd have to go to. So it, the, the information wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So there's been a few standards that's changed, but not a whole heck of a lot. Right. Um, but the, the information is so much easily, much more easily yeah. accessible. And like the OSHA website, um, they actually have the standards out there for you. But it's like you can actually go there and see, okay, well, that's the standard, but how do you apply it? And it gives examples on how to apply it and clarification. And mm-hmm. that has been an enormous, enormous help there. Additionally, just the equipment that's mm-hmm. out there, you know, the technologies out there, like, for instance, fall protection. Mm-hmm. Um, the equipment out there has allowed for easier use, things aren't as heavy, um, the risks are a lot lower now because the equipment's there, and, gotcha. and we can integrate it a lot easier. Where there was a feasibility issue, some in some cases before, which 
Hmm. Is it safer for us to do it without the equipment? Now it's just like, okay, now there's the equipment there that they've manufactured that's helped. Um, And I think just generally speaking, more people were aware of it. More people talk about it and think about it. Um, Where, like I said, when I first got into it, you know, there there was, of course, there were were other safety professionals there, but it wasn't as widespread as it Mm -hmm. is now. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Yes. That's good. Absolutely. Um, Final thought, final word. Anything I haven't asked you about, we haven't talked about, key takeaway that you'd want listeners to to leave with? Um, I, I do think it is one of those things. It's like if you have more questions about anything, reach out reach out to OSHA. Go check out their website. Um, OSHA.gov has so much information out there um, and clarification, and they have interpretation letters. And, and so if They've seen a lot, and, mm-hmm. they, and they've heard a, they've mm-hmm. heard a lot out there. So it's like if you if you go out there looking for information and, and try to be try to be proactive. I think that's the biggest thing. And right. um, an, another takeaway is um, you know I, I mentioned a couple of statistics in there. Yeah, some powerful those, statistics. And and it's a it's a number, but it's like those rep, those numbers represent a human. It yeah. re- represents a person. Yeah. And. Um, for all that, how how many people it affects besides that individual right. as well. So, um, you know, it, some of the things that we talk about, like I said, we we don't want things to be thought about as being safety as being just something to slow you down, but right. something that's going to protect you and right. um, think outside the box about it and, right. and try to be proactive. I think right. that's my biggest takeaway is okay. is. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> well, and I think this is one of those uh, code talks that folks are going to have to uh, kind of hit the rewind button and go back and listen to it again because uh, a lot of the stuff you talked about, like the, the fatal four or the focus four, the hierarchy of controls, I found that fascinating. But again, some of those statistics that you mentioned, just those powerful statistics, hit the rewind button and listen to those again and let those numbers sink in and, uh, boy just kind of really hit you. Tara Henderson, Safety Program Manager with Land Development Services, has been with us today. We're talking about safety, which uh, shouldn't be something as an afterthought. It should be incorporated into uh, your daily efforts. Tara, thanks for uh, being with us on the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, find out more information about Land Development Services. You can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash landdevelopment. And if you want to call the building division, you can do that at 703-631-5101. Or you can email them at ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. That's ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. Thanks for listening to the Code Talk podcast, which is brought to you by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.